It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti here with you guys on a Monday, actually recording this Sunday night. But of course, most of you will hear this Monday morning. Not a victory Monday, though, unfortunately, as the Panthers fall in Detroit, losing to the Lions 20-19 to to fall to 6-4 and four now on the season, their second loss in a row. We'll, of course, talk about the game, uh, talk about the implications a little bit now as far as the division race and playoff race, because obviously it's... Time to really start looking at the playoffs now, which is six weeks left. So we'll, we'll talk about some of the rest of the NFL action and how it how it impacts the playoffs. And we'll start looking ahead now to next week and what has now become a big game next week against the Seattle Seahawks. So we'll get into all that on this edition of the Locked on Panthers, the non-Victory Monday edition of LOP. Before we get started, of course, a reminder to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti. That's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Follow the podcast, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast listening pleasure. And, of course, if you are a longtime listener, thanks for the continued support. If you're a new listener, welcome. Hope you stay a little bit. You know, take your shoes off, kick your feet up, relax, and enjoy. Of course, if you're just joining now, not the best time in terms of coming off a loss, but... We'll do our best, or I'll do my best, to make you guys feel at home. So again, welcome to the new guys and to the old to the old folks. Thanks for sticking and staying all this time. But let's get into it. Disappointing. That that's really the first word that comes to mind with this loss is disappointing. We talked all week about you know on the crossover with Matt Derry. On the Friday final preview, even Sunday morning, when I did a guest guest spot with Jeff Risden and Brendan over at uh, ESPN 96.1, I was fortunate enough to join them on their on their radio show Sunday morning, and obviously very grateful for that. Thanks to Jeff and Brendan for having me on, and then all of these talks. The thought process was that the Panthers would have an easy time in this game, that they'd be able to score points almost at will, uh, that there was really no chance that the Lions, or it would be very difficult at the least, for the Lions to even hang tough in this one. And the Panthers go out and lose this one. So disappointing really is the the main word to describe this loss. Um, You know, especially with the fact that they had the Thursday game 
and the fact that they had those couple extra days to prepare for this Lions team. Lions team that we know has been extremely disappointing all season long. I mean, look, this is a team that got blown out by the Jets in week one at home on Monday Night Football. And we see how the Jets have been now. I mean, the Jets are sitting at 3-7, and seven, a worse record than the Lions. So how does that look right now? Again, obviously you're not you're not the same team in week one that you are in, in week 11, but I mean that, that's a perfect showing. You know the, the Jets looked like an amazing team, and now they're three and seven, and that was a team that put up 48 points on the Lions in week one, and the Panthers go in and they score 19. Like how? How are you not able to just constantly move the ball? On a defense that's just been so disappointing. Like like how? And, and not only that, but on huge key plays, your offensive line falters. We gave this offensive line so much praise all season. And now we're getting to the point where you're... They're stumbling at some of the biggest possible moments, or some of the worst possible moments, really. You're talking three third downs, the Panthers give up a sack. That cannot happen. That that just cannot happen. It's just mind-blowing. It honestly is. You know, and I... I went back and watched the game, and there were just so many times that I'm just shaking my head. And it all started from the first drive. Poor tackling. That, that, that's another main theme. That, that's probably the biggest takeaway I had coming out of this game, was poor tackling. They struggled all game long tackling, especially the running backs, and not just carry on Johnson, but... LeGarrette Blunt and Theo Reddick. Theo Reddick had a very good game catching passes out of the backfield, and we had a funny feeling that he was going to. We had a, a good feeling that he was going to have to step up more in the passing game with the loss of Golden Tate and, of course, no Marvin Jones as well. So Theo Reddick, you know, five catches, 30 yards. He helped move the chains. He was one of the biggest thorns in the Panthers' side. The biggest thorn was was certainly Kenny Galladay. Eight catches, buck 13, and a beautiful touchdown catch. I mean, let, let's, let's give the kid credit. It was a beautiful catch late in the game to give the Lions the lead. And the Panthers just didn't seem to have an answer. Uh, especially late in the game, you're giving up a touchdown, and then you're getting a three and out. You know, you're struggling to move the ball at, at at the times when you need to. You know, it's just hard to put into words, really, how frustrated, you know, you just watch this team and... Or you watch this game and you just can't help but be extremely frustrated with everything that went on. Again, the fact that they only put up 19 points when they should have put up like 30 or so. And 
of course, we haven't even gotten into, obviously, the play that everybody's talking about, and that's the failed two-point conversion. You know, whether or not you feel it was the right call, and really, I have no problem. I, I didn't really have a problem with them going for two. It's just obviously unfortunate that it didn't pan out the way it did. You know, and and Jarius Wright was there. Let, let's be honest. Jarius Wright was there. Cam just made a poor throw. That's all there is to it. Cam made a poor throw. He put too much power on the ball. It sailed over Jarius Wright's head. It, it's a pass that should have been connected. It should have been 21-20. And then the Panthers could have, you know, kicked it off deep. Because then, of course, they had to go for the onside kick. They didn't get it. Lions knee the ball out. Game over. Panthers are 6-4. and four. You hit that pass to Jairus Wright. You're kicking it deep. Your defense, you know, you'd like to hope stops them because there really wasn't – there was only about a minute left. So, I mean, there, there was still some time left for the Lions to make a run. And, of course, they, they would have only needed a field goal at that point. But you, you still would have had to feel confident in your defense to make one stop. But they never got that opportunity. And it, it's disappointing. I know I've been using this term a lot, but I, I think it bears repeating, and I think it's a word that is perfect for this type of performance. Disappointing. I think we might as well just call it, we might as well call this disappointing Monday. And instead of what could have been victory Monday, this is disappointing Monday. Uh, and it, it's not too often. I've, I I really think that this loss stings a lot more than the Steelers' loss. And the Panthers lost that game by 31. Th this one hurts more. Because especially now, and we'll get into this in a, little, in a little bit when we start looking ahead to Week 12, that game now is a big game because now all of a sudden the Panthers go from Almost a sure fire, because remember, the, the couple times I've been on with Matt Williamson on uh, Locked On NFL, we basically were like, oh, the Panthers are almost a sure fire playoff team. We expect them to make the playoffs, this, that, and the other thing. Now, all of a sudden, they're squarely on the bubble, because right now, they're at 6-4. and four, And that, you know, for a, a little bit of context, I am recording this during the Sunday night game. Uh, at the moment, it is... You know, so just giving the idea of when I'm recording this and about the, you know, how we're playing into the standings, it's 14-3 Chicago, and you know, it, it feels like Chicago's going to win. I'm going to win. So let's go ahead and and say the Vikings lose. Uh, that would at least keep the Panthers as the number five seed because that puts the Vikings at five, four, and one. Uh, you know, of course, if Minnesota were to win, then Carolina would actually be tied with Chicago at six and four, and Chicago would have the tiebreaker. But um, at the moment, it does feel like Chicago's going to win. So if we go with that, Panthers are at least still the five seed at six and four. But now, all of a sudden, you've got a bunch of teams, or, or at least a couple teams, breathing heavy down your neck. For those playoff spots, you've got Seattle at five and five, and you've got Dallas at five and five. Now, Carolina, of course, does have the head-to-head -head over Dallas, which helps. Uh, 
which just makes this game even more important with Seattle because then it would at least give them head-to-head over both Seattle and Dallas. But if you lose this one, now you're in trouble because now you will see... Now both teams will be 6-5, and five, but Seattle holds a tiebreaker. So the Panthers all of a sudden are fighting for their playoff lives. So, you know, and again, we'll, we'll talk a little bit uh, about the Seahawks in a little bit. And really, I haven't even talked like numbers or anything like that, so we'll get into that a little bit too. But first, I want to make a shout-out, of course, to our buddies over at mybookie.ag. Listen, folks. Great service, you know, I'm always giving my picks on Fridays from my bookie because they're just a great service. They show us a lot of love, so we show them a lot of love. You guys should show them a lot of love, too, by signing up with my bookie today and using the promo code Locked On because my bookie will match your initial deposit dollar for dollar. So, hey, if you've got, say, $100 you want to put into my bookie, they'll give you $100 as well. So just like that, you have $200. And it goes up to $1,000. So you could have as much as $2,000 in your account, but you only have to put in $1,000. So, hey, nothing wrong with that. And remember, too, if you wait until after 7 p.m., use the promo code LOCKEDON25. You get that extra $25 in free play on deposits of $100 or more. Because, I mean, there's a lot of free play here, guys. A lot of free money that you guys can play with. I don't know about you, but, I mean, I'd wait till 7 o'clock because $25 is $25. So go out because remember they got uh, amazing player perks, really the best in the business. You can bet during the game, which is big. You can bet fantasy over unders, which is nice. There, there's just so much you can do with my bookie. So go join my bookie today and use the promo code Locked On, or wait till 7 p.m. Use the promo code Locked On 25 for that extra $25 in free play. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But if we actually start looking at the numbers, I mean, let's actually talk about the stats and then kind of go from there. So Cam Newton, I mean, numbers-wise, it was a a fine game. You know, especially if you're a fantasy player, he still got you your fantasy points. He was 25 of 37, 357 yards, three touchdowns. One interception, but re- that interception really wasn't on him. Uh, that, and I don't even know if you can blame Tracy or if you can blame Curtis Samuel for that as well. That that's just straight up a great play by Tracy Walker, the the Lions' third round pick this year out of Louisiana Lafayette. He just straight up rips the ball right out of Curtis Samuel's hands. And, and just makes a really nice play. So you can't even blame can't even blame the Panthers for that. Uh, but obviously it, it still kind of stung. But Newton, you know, three fifty seven and three touchdowns. So you know he he did what he could. It's just that missed play on the two point conversion really was a killer. Christian McCaffrey, 
Eh, decent in the run game, but you know, 13 carries, 53 yards. So you you really, and, and that's surprising too. I mean, you know, granted the Lions' front seven isn't that bad, but you still would have thought they'd at least get something going on the run game. But they just n- never really got the run game going. And then Cam Newton was a non-factor in the running game, which is kind of surprising because we're just so used to him being so good in the run game. But he only had two carries for two yards. And then Cameron Artist Payne had a carry, but he only took it for one yard. Uh, but DJ Moore, big game for him. What what a what a performance. He 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 really was one of the, the main reasons why the Panthers were as close as they were. Uh, seven catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. So here was we, we talked a couple weeks ago about how the Ravens was his breakout game. Well, this is the breakout game now. Buck 57 and touchdown, including, of course, that big 82-yard catch and run. Uh, we, we thought he was gone, but, you know, the speed of Darius Slay. Darius Slay is just one of the best corners in the league, and he showed it on that play. The speed to catch up to Galladay, or, yeah, Galladay, <laughs> to catch up to Moore and save the touchdown. And then, really, it, it did save the touchdown because the Panthers ended up having to attempt a field goal because we go back to those third down sacks that were killers, there was one of them. So they had to bring out the field goal unit. But, oh, wait, they missed the field goal. Graham Gano's first missed field goal of the season comes at a pretty bad time. I mean, that was just... Now, granted, you know, they obviously had the touchdown later to DJ Moore on what was a... a another nice grab. He had a couple nice touchdown catches in this one. So it didn't completely take the wind out of the Panthers' sails, but it it was definitely a momentum shifter. To have that big of a play, to get all the way into the red zone, and then come away with no points, is just an absolute killer. So, I mean, it's, it's more than just them going for two and missing. There were a lot of reasons why the Panthers did not win this game, and there were a lot of spots where they they were just flat, and then they kind of shot themselves in the foot. That was one of those moments. Um, too many three and outs in key situations is an is another killer. And again, the you know the third down sacks and the fact that you couldn't tackle. You couldn't tackle to save your life on so many plays. So, I mean, just just a mess all around. But DJ Moore, one of the big bright spots today, or yesterday again, if you're listening to this on Monday. Christian McCaffrey, still doing this thing in the past game. Six catches, 57 yards. Curtis Samuel, nice day. Five catches, 55 yards and a touch. Jairus Wright, three catches, 40 yards. Devin Funches. Two catches, 39 yards, but oh boy. Oh man, you, here's another, re- I mean the list goes, let's add to that list of shooting yourself in the foot. Too many drops from Devin Funches. What do you have, at least three I think, if not more, but I think he definitely had at least three. That is a killer too, and for a guy with his size, there's there's almost no excuse. So there, there's another, there's another thing for you to look at and just shake your head. You know, SMH three times. Uh, 
So he, he certainly didn't help his cause, especially in his, uh, you know, back in the state where he played his college ball. So it was a little bit of a homecoming, if you will, for Devin Funchess. But uh, it was certainly spoiled and not necessarily by the Lions. It was more spoiled by himself. And then Greg Olson, two catches, nine yards, and a touchdown in which nobody even covered him. Uh, it just seemed like everybody on the line, because this, of course, is right at the goal line, everybody looks like they're going for the run, leaves Greg Olson wide open, you know, sneaking out of the line, makes the easy touchdown grab. Uh, but all in all, and then, you know, you look at the defense again, we talked about the tackling. That, that just goes without saying. You also look at the fact that they, you know, sacks another key factor. Again, the fact that Cam Newton got sacked three times, and then you look at the fact that the Panthers only got to Matthew Stafford one time. Now, they did get a little bit of pressure on Stafford, but they were only able to bring him down one time, and that was Julius Peppers. So, again, lack of pass rush just like in the Steelers game, cost them dearly again. And it obviously it doesn't get much easier because Matthew Stafford, we know, isn't the most mobile quarterback in the world. He's mobile for sure. But there's obviously a difference between he and Russell Wilson, who the Panthers will see next week. So if the Panthers are struggling now, to get to the quarterback, they could be in a little bit of trouble next week against the Seahawks team that is really surprising a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people expected them to be 5-5 five and five at this point in the season. This was a team that was supposed to really be rebuilding because the roster just did not look good. Um, the offense looked like it was going to struggle because we were so worried about the offensive line. We were wondering, you know, where the production was going to come from. We were wondering if, you know, how much of an impact Rashad Penny would be their first round back. And as it turns out, he's not really making too much of an impact. He's doing a little bit, but, you know, you're not really seeing a first round running back right now. It's really even more of the Chris Carson show. But they're they're doing their thing. They're they're definitely exceeding what they're certainly well exceeding my expectations of them. I thought they were going to be honestly one of the worst teams in the league. I, I thought they'd be in contention for maybe maybe a top five, let alone a top ten draft pick. And now here they are, one game out of the playoffs with six games left. Obviously, they're not going to win the division because the Rams pretty much have that on lock. But they are. Now very much in the playoff mix, thanks to this uh, this Panthers loss to the Lions, and you know obviously as well the what looks to be because again the game is not over at this point. In fact, at the moment right now it's 14-6 Chicago, but if Minnesota were were to lose this game, that is also going to help Seattle in the playoff mix. So this is a big game now for the Panthers. It's almost like really playing, you know, obviously you still have some time after where you'll, you have five weeks left, even if you lose this one, but you almost get the sense that they're, they're now playing for their playoff lives next week. You know, you lose this one and it puts you a little bit behind the eight ball because now you lose the tiebreaker to the Seahawks 
it would give you four conference losses, whereas the Seahawks would only have three. The Cowboys only have three right now. You know, you it, it could get where you get in the situation where maybe you have a three-way tie between those three teams. Now, granted, Dallas may have a better chance of getting in as a division winner ahead of Washington because Washington now, of course, you know, if you guys didn't see it, hopefully you don't see it. I didn't see it, and I personally don't want to see it because it sounded bad. That gruesome leg injury to Alex Smith. So as if the Redskins weren't in trouble already, now they're without Alex Smith. So now there's obviously a big quarterback question. Um, but if Washington, you know, even if they were to stay in the playoff hunt, but say Dallas climbs back and wins the division, that puts even more pressure on the Panthers as far as the wild card race goes because the Panthers lost to the Redskins. So that's another team they would lose a tiebreaker to. So, you know, these games become more and more important now, now that they've lost two in a row because it's looking more and more likely now that it's going to be wild card or bust because now you find yourselves three games back in the NFC South with the Saints now at 9-1 and one after demolishing the Philadelphia Eagles. And let's face it, I think we all saw that coming. The Eagles can't stop anybody on offense, or they can't move the ball on offense. They can't stop anybody on defense. So you, you just had the feeling that the Saints were going to lay a butt whipping on them. And sure enough, they put up 48 on them and the Eagles only scored seven, which, oh, by the way, you know, the stat I saw, this was the worst loss by a defending Super Bowl champion in history. So congratulations, Eagles. Well done. So, it, again, it just means now, again, we keep mentioning the fact that the Panthers have two games against the Saints in the final three weeks. But if they don't turn things around quick, those games are only going to be for the Panthers to try to keep their playoff hopes alive as a wild card rather than actually competing for the division. Right now they're going to need a little bit of help from the Saints, and, I mean, pfft, the Saints just look unstoppable right now. They do have – they are in a short week this week, but they are home against the Falcons, who just continue to disappoint. They lost to the Cowboys today, so they're now 4-6. and six. And then they have another Thursday game at Dallas – I mean, if, if the the Saints are going to tumble, the, the advantage the Panthers have, at least, in that first meeting with the Saints is that that'll be the third straight road game for the Saints because they'll be at Dallas Week 13, at Tampa Bay Week 14, and then at Carolina Week 15. So, I mean, it, it, it's still a tough straight. You know, there's some good games left for the Saints, you know, you have the two games against the Panthers, which actually sandwich a home game against the Steelers. And the Steelers are another team that have been rolling. They've won six straight and are currently the number two seed in the AFC. So it's not like the Saints have a cakewalk through through the end of the season. But the, the Panthers are really going to have to get some help at this point. And it's probably going to have to come at the hands of the Steelers in week 16 because... I don't see the Falcons keeping pace with the Saints on Thursday, especially on a short week. You know they're going to stick it to Tampa Bay after what happened in Week One, and the Panther or the the Bucks just have no defense, so the Saints will probably put up 48 on them again. It's just a matter of can the can the Buccaneers do something on offense? They they did today against the Giants, 
you know, they scored 35 points, but they also gave up 38 because their defense is absolutely terrible. So you're probably looking at a situation where you're rooting hard for the Steelers in Week 16 if you're going to have any hope of winning this division. Otherwise, you're praying that you can hold off some of these other teams in the NFC, like the Seahawks, like the Cowboys. So you've got to win this one. This is almost must-win territory now against the Seahawks if you're if you're the Panthers. You win this one, you feel much better about your playoff hopes. You lose this one, and you're starting to sound the alarm. You're not hitting the panic button yet, but the finger is starting to get over the panic button, and it's going to inch closer to actually pushing it. So big one coming now for the Seahawks, or for the Panthers, and big one for the Seahawks, but... Uh, certainly for the Panthers to try to right the ship. So before we wrap things up here, uh, I want to thank, of course, one of our other great sponsors here, Low KI. Listen, as all, like, like I always say, guys, the bracelets that they have are awesome. You know, I've got one in my hand. I'm actually wearing it right now. I always say how comfortable it is, how cool it is to wear, because you've got the colors, you've got the logo. It's just so awesome. And remember, you know, it holds water from the Dead Sea, and it holds mud from Mount Everest, which, of course, are the highest and the lowest points on Earth. To give you that daily reminder to keep a good balance in life between the highs and the lows. And, you know, certainly the Panthers can attest to that because you've seen the highs in beating teams like the Eagles. Uh, and you've you've had the lows in losing by 31 to the Steelers or losing at the lines in a game that you should have had. But you've got to have that balance in life and low KI and their bracelets do exactly that. And remember, you can check out their game day collection all kinds of sports teams, just about anyone you can think of and anyone you want. And when you visit them, use the promo code locked on 25 or excuse me, I'm sorry, that's the my bookie one. Panthers 25. Panthers 25 at the checkout at LoKI gets you 25% off their entire game day collection. So again, LoKI L O K A I.com Promo code PANTHERS25, P-A-N-T-H-E-R-S, and then the number 25 gets you 25% off the entire game day collection. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. So as we wrap it up here on this disappointing Monday edition of Locked On Panthers. Bottom line, tackling's got to get better. Uh... Pass rush has to has to get there. The, the pass rush has seemingly disappeared over the last couple of weeks, so that's got to turn around, especially next week. Uh, and and you just gotta 
I mean, the, the offense is there. You know, obviously there were some stumblings today, but the offense will score points. The defense just has to keep making stops. You know, and then they, they've got to get to the quarterback. But I, I think it'll come. I think there's still time to kind of right the ship. But again, now you're in a situation where you're almost in must-win territory. Because again, two weeks ago you're sitting at 6-2, and two, and you're seemingly very comfortable in a playoff position. Now you are squarely on the bubble. But again, it's still a pretty favorable schedule because, you know, you are you're home against the Seahawks and then you've got road games road games against the Buccaneers and the Browns, both winnable games and then you still have the Falcons at home. So they should be favored in at least those three games. So you win those games, you get to 9 wins. And if you can somehow either steal one of the Saints games or at least win this one against the Seahawks, that gets you to 10 wins. That probably still gets you into the playoffs. So I still believe this is a playoff team. You know, it's just a matter of are they going to be the five seed, and which would mean they'd likely play the uh, NFC East winner, or are they going to be the number six seed, which would likely draw the NFC North winner? Because let's face it, at this point, I think we can almost assume it, it, it almost feels like a foregone conclusion that the Rams and the Saints are going to get the first-round buys. I know you guys don't really want to hear, you know, you're still holding out hope that they can win the South, but at this point, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll use a term, I'll, I'll use something I wrote for a piece I just wrote for the Bengals Wire, actually, looking at that playoff picture, where I said, it's not over till the fat lady sings. The fat lady hasn't started singing yet but she may be warming up the vocals backstage. So, you know, unless things really turn around, and again, unless they get some help from, say, the Steelers or maybe Dallas, unless they get some hope or some miracle, uh, it's wild card or bust at this point for the Panthers. But, again, a lot of time left, and I, I still believe they're going to get one of those playoff spots. But if they lose next Sunday against the Seahawks, then we'll start to worry a little bit. But that'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. As always, thank you so much for your continued support of the podcast. Remember to check us out at Google Play or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and of course, listen to all the great shows here on the, the Locked On Network. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of great hosts doing a lot of great stuff. Obviously, you know, I, I like to shout, give shout-outs to my buddies John Ledyard and Trevor Sykema, two of my good friends over at Locked On NFL Draft. Um, of course, the Draft Dudes, go check them out. Mark Schofield, Locked On Patriots. Um, the guy I just did the crossover with, Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. He's he's one of the better guys, I think, and uh, he, he does a lot of great work with the Lions. Um you know, even some some of the NBA guys, like uh, obviously David Locke. You know, obviously shout out to him because he's the one that put me here. You know, and I'll, I'll always be grateful for him. Um, just just so many guys. You know, so go check out a lot of the shows here on the Locked On Network because everybody here does such a great job, and it's really an honor to 
be a part of this network. And it's really an honor to get to talk football with you guys. And I hope you guys appreciate and enjoy hearing my thoughts and hearing me ramble for about 30 minutes on the Carolina Panthers, good or bad. But uh, that'll, that'll wrap it up here. Again, Bill underscore SETI, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E on Twitter. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll be back next time to talk more Panthers. So until then, keep it locked right here on L-O-P. Take care, my friends. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.